Hey, and welcome to this week's edition of the Rugby Report Cut. Uh, first of all, I just want to say a massive happy Valentine's Day to all of our listeners out there. Uh, and also, Jim, happy Valentine's Day to you, mate. Well, he's uh, out whining. He's out whining and dining, Richard. Oh, right. Okay. Is that why he's not with he's us, out. or is he sitting in the corner just crying because he's all on his lonesome? What is it? No, I think he's out whining and dining, mate. I, I think I tell you what's truly romantic. We share an office at work, and here we are spending the night of Valentine's Day together, headphones on, chatting rugby. I'm Isn't glad that you, lovely? I'm glad you said chatting rugby, man. I was worried where this was going. Good. Uh, Damn, you know. Um, how are you, mate? Uh, in terms of rugby knowledge, rugby excitement. Oh, you want to change topics, mate? I'm good. I'm well. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed. I'll tell you what, the buzz around the Six Nations um, and and, uh, a huge part of that is is Stan, is Stan Sport, having it, having access to it, um, and in particular the 25-minute option. And I know as a rugby podcaster, I probably shouldn't be that's saying out, that. That's outrageous. I watched it ev- I watch every minute, man. What are you talking uh, about? 25 minutes. That's the, outrageous. The, the, whichever game's the main event of the weekend, Ireland, France, I'll watch the whole thing. Um, England, Italy, mate. England, Italy is the main event, mate. I'm sure everyone chewed in for those zero points that Italy scored. Um, no, I, I caught the 25-minute coverage of it. I think Stan is doing a cracker of a job um, and... Every year, the Six Nations feels like a thing, and I understand why why you and others say it's the best comp in the world. Um, but as a person in the Southern Hemisphere, it's something you read in the bylines, and you're like, "Oh shit, Ireland are good this year." Who knew? Um, but to have access to it, really, I feel more invested in Northern Hemisphere rugby um, than I have been probably ever. And I know a Lions tour adds to that as well. Um, but for me, it, it's just building the drama for the next World Cup, and I'm loving every minute of it. So, Stan, if you're listening, love your work, mate. Absolutely. Stan is doing a great job. He's doing well. He's uh, doing well. Can I just actually say, I, um, I've, I've said for a while that it's the best competition, and I want to just make sure I, everyone understands. I'm not saying that they play the best rugby at times, okay? Because oh, God, people, no, Richard. God, but, no. In terms of it being the best competition, absolutely is. In terms of the the atmosphere that's created, love the fact that the fans are back there, uh, the hatred that is that occurs between the two teams that are that are playing at that moment. Obviously, lots of history there, um, and just the regularity of it. You know, obviously we got an off weekend this weekend, but uh, the regularity just creates that real sense of uh, pressure. And because uh, you know the ultimate goal of the Grand Slam. It's losing one game puts so much pressure on on, on each team. So I just I'm going to sound like a, a, a terrible private school toff. So I'm going to go into a private school here. But it reminds me of the private school rugby competition here, which is there's five regular game seasons and you must win them all. Um, and there's something really cool about that first past the post, no finals, everyone plays everyone type of vibe. I really like it. And the other thing is, Travel and time zones. Um, I think we're plagued, obviously, with South Africa and Argentina being so far away. Uh, we're plagued by that. And as you said, competition, the dominance of, of NZ for the last 20 years um, has sort of. Can you not even say their full name just to. No, nah, fuck him, Richard. Fuck him. Um, but hopefully they've come back a little bit to earth, maybe, if you look at their Northern Hemisphere tour. But I guess the, the point I would make is. Um, and I said this. I said this last podcast. Said it a few times. It is almost impossible to win away from home 
in this COVID world. Um, and, and you're seeing it in the Six Nations. No one's won an away game yet. Do you know what? Obviously, Italy haven't travelled. I mean, Italy, Italy haven't been at home yet. That's the same. Yes, they were. England won in Italy this weekend. Oh, there you go. There was the first one. There you yeah. go. But Can I just say that, that, was, that, that that's the main reason why England lost the Ashes um, and nothing to do with quality or uh, application. It was just, just the COVID travel, mate. So I'm glad we could agree on that right now. I, but- I, I do wonder, though, if someone did an algorithm of it, um, how big of a change it's made to international sport um, and performances overseas. Yeah, I'd be fascinated prob- to know. The, the problem is there's so many uh, um, intangibles that are unquantifiable that you couldn't Don't get measure. scientific on me, Richard. No one asks for that. <laughs> just making a fucking point here and pushing on. All right. Can I just say, what is scientific is the rugby report card tipping competition. Oh, shit. There which it is. is going to be launched today. Blake's going to, you're going to send out the code via Twitter this afternoon. Just to remind everyone, what is the name on ESPN footy tips? What is the name of our tipping comp? So, so rugby report card tipping competition 2022. Uh, Blake will put up a message on uh, on Twitter so you can all join up. There'll be a code and everything. Um, one thing needs to be clear. Um, we just need to make sure we finish in the top three. Uh, top three. Um, I don't care where Jim finishes. Do you care where Jim finishes? I am confident that Jim will uh, peak early. He'll yep. get a few right, uh, and then he will bomb, 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 <laughs> and ar- ar- around round seven we'll lose interest. Okay. Uh, and we'll come on here and just throw shade at whoever's leading the competition. <laughs> no. Um, so I have no faith in Jim, uh, but I, I do believe, Richard, you and I will, will be holding firm at the top of the ladder. I think last time the rugby report card uh, did a tipping comp, <clears throat> I won out of the three of us, just putting that out there. Um so, look, I'm looking forward to it. I just sort of drop that in there, slide that one through past the keeper. But what I am, I'm genuinely excited about, if, if you do listen to us, uh, please follow along. Um, I think it would be really exciting. I want the banter on Twitter. I want the shit talking. Um, and we've actually, Richard, in his infinite wisdom, we've used the ESPN website for our tipping comp, has also put in the flexi point tipping. So there's two comps. There's straight tipping Am I saying this correctly, Richard? No, I think so. Um, so far, so well. And you haven't got into the specifics yet. That's why <laughs> you're doing it correctly. And then there's flexi-tipping and you have 100 points and you can put them on specific teams and it multiplies by their betting odds. That's correct. Which I we believe, don't yes. advocate for. Absolutely not. But it multiplies by their betting odds. Um, so, you know, if you tip the Crusaders and they're paying $1.01 and you spend your points on them, eh, you know, you tip the tars. Oh shit! You're going to make some bank. Um, Did you see, by the way? And again, felt like we were, shouldn't be saying it. So, not advocating, obviously, betting at all. I looked at the odds today. Do you know the tars are 101? The uh, the biggest outsiders of the competition. Oh really? They're, they are longer odds, according to Sportsbet, than uh, Jura uh, Pacifica. So the tars are the are the worst. A team, according to Sportsbet, I know there are other providers out there, and please gamble sensibly. But they are a hundred and one to be the grand final winners. Oh, look to me, that's that, crazy. That, that, no, that's the. I I think that's the wrong order, but it's still too short. They got no chance, mate. They got absolutely no chance. Do you know um, that the um, the Rebels are paying fifty one dollars? Like, but Pacifica is sixty seven dollars. The Tars are a hundred and one, man. 
They've won three preseason games. They're definitely not winning, but they shouldn't be $101 to, to win the cup. That, that, is, that is a little bit mental. Um, but please, if you're listening or you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, uh, get, a, get behind us, join us in the Dipping Comp. Um, I'm interested to see where we go. I always find tipping so hard in those early rounds. Um, and then I find Super Rugby gets <coughs> pretty straightforward uh, in the mid-season. Oh, all right, mate. We'll see. We'll see. So where, where do you want to jump in, Richard? Do you want to talk about these uh, pre-season games or do you want to talk about Six Nations? Uh, let's start off with the pre-season games. You lead the dance, mate. You lead the dance. Um, I suppose the thing from it is with the, with the pre-season games is we've got to look at the positives. You have to take pre-season with a, a bit of a grain of salt, uh, a pinch, pinch salt, grain of salt, yeah, uh, because obviously there are pre-season pinch. games. Pinch. No, I think it's a grain. I could take it. Uh, anyway, let's go with pinch, with a pinch of salt. I but think- uh, Yeah, pinch of salt. Let's go with a pinch of salt. Um, but you've got to look at it and say from the task point of view, you can only play what's in front of you. You know, an unbeaten run. Yes, you played a shoot shield team. You know, yes, there were obviously both Brumbies and Reds didn't have their full strength team out, but you can only uh, place the team, win, beat the teams in front of you. Um, and I think there's there's good signs. You know, defensively, they were a shambles last year, but um, obviously um, much, much improved. Uh, but the big test will be, I don't actually think it will be the, the Jura game this weekend. Um, you know, the brilliance of Jura, which I'm sure you'll get onto in a minute. Um, uh, but I think it will be against the, the traditional super rugby teams where you'll see whether there's a difference. And I think what frustrates me is there is a lot of potential in this Tars team. And I would just wish Michael Hooper was here for the whole season and not the, the small section of the season he is. The season might be over uh, before he even uh, arrives. So um, that's number one takeaway is I think there's the Tars are looking promising. Not promising. I'm not saying they're going to finish in the top or anything, but there's a lot more positivity um, about the setup than yeah, what look, was before. I'd be excited as a Tars fan. And, and when I look at it, I think, God, maybe Coleman is that good of a coach. But then I look at his record and I'm like, okay, what is he good at? He's good at recruiting professional players to amateur clubs. Mm. <laughs> he happens to be in a situation where he's at a professional club with amateur players. Mm. So it, it kind of goes against his methodology to this point in, in both club rugby and the American system. So um, I'll be interested to see Coleman's wares. At the moment, I'm a believer, but um, that's what worries me there. I, I think the Tars have made the right decision, which is they need to play for continuity. Mm. They needed their best team playing in the trials mm. for a lot of minutes because their best hope is starting the season at a million miles an hour, trying to get some self-belief and trying to get some momentum. So I think yeah. it is the absolute right approach where you can see that the Reds are pissing around uh, with substitutions and, and who's playing in different positions, um, which in a long season is probably the best approach. You get exposure, you get a bit of fitness, um, but you, you wonder if they're going to start the season too slowly, um, if there isn't those continuity. So it's it's an interesting dynamic playing out there, but I think the Tars have made the right decision. Um, the question is, what is their ceiling? You know, are they going to hit it round three, round four? Um, and then the other question I think for them is, a couple of injuries, does it all come tumbling down? Touch wood, it doesn't happen. They've had a horror run. They deserve a good season. Um, and I think their, their full-strength team is a decent one. Um, so they won't be the easy beats. And then I think the other one that you can see just by watching bits and pieces of the trials is the fucking size of them. Um, they haven't been messing about with the strength and conditioning. You look at someone like Marky Mark, Um he looks like Israel Folau circa 2016. Like he looks like a physical specimen where last year he looked like a high school kid that was athletic. 
Mm. Um, and even Donaldson at 10 looks like a man this season. Mm. Um, that's always a creepy sentence to say. I know, it um, is a bit weird. <laughs> but, but they look bigger, and I know I'm picking backs, which is probably not where they need the size, but you can actually see it in the forward pack as well. They look well, like kids I'm- last year. Yeah, and I think, and, and look, we give him shit on him because I don't think he's a great international player. And look, he's still got development, but I just feel like the fact of getting Jed Holloway back in and Ned Hannigan, who's the one I was alluding to, uh, just getting them back in and, and men. Uh, actually a bit more men Manly rather than the boys. Um, I just feel like they still, um, they still need to work on their ability to be uh, proper locks rather than just a, like a four and a half or a five and a half. Not really sure what, whether they want to play back row or second row. Um, but uh, but even the front row as well. You know, they've got a few players that are now, you know, Ruin Smith, you know, coming out from back from from, uh, uh, from overseas. So there's lots of lots of um, growth for the Tigers, but I do agree with you in terms of you get a few key injuries and they'll fall apart. Um, and they've got to start the season well. And look, Jura look amazing with Ball and Hunt. They scored the, the try that they scored the other day just shows that the Fijian... Against the Rebels? That yeah, was outrageous. The Fijian brilliance. If that try doesn't get you excited for rugby... Don't yeah, watch rugby. Or definitely something. not. You're definitely not listening to us. Um, it's it's uh, it's that's amazing. But it's still we go back to Fiji uh, with the Fijian international team. It's about structures. It's about uh, can they stay in the game long enough? You know, they might score a try quickly, which in a close game will win you here, obviously, because the tires maybe not might not be able to put, put points on the board on the weekend. Um, so this could be an interesting watch. But the litmus test or the barometer, whatever you want to say for the tires, will be against the Brumbies, Reds, the Force, etc. Um, we'll see how they go. Yeah, and my question to you is, um, have the Reds started a little too sleepy? Um, I think the Reds, the, I would say yes, if you just look at it in a, in, a, in a very micro level. But I feel like there's a lot of turnover. Of, there's, there's a retention of players. So I feel like where they played so much uh, footy together last year, I think those uh, those memory patterns are already there. You know, those uh, that that tele- telepathy is 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 already in place for a lot of the players. So, yes, to your point, because there's still movement. You know, it's great to see Pattaya play fullback. That's his long term. Whether someone's told him that that he needs to play there, or because Vodavala when he's fit comes back in, whatever his reason, we can get him. You know, Australia gets him playing fifteen. The Reds get him playing fifteen. You know, Jock Campbell, I know play ten, but. I think there's, there's. I don't think the Reds um, have got too much to worry about when everyone's fit because no, their, their squads are off the charts and they've got that continuing. My question for Reds fans is, what is the structure of your best backline? Um, I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And it's a good problem to have. It's, mm. it's a problem of riches. Um, but what what does that twelve and thirteen look like? You know, is Hamish Stewart still playing twelve? Um, is I genuinely don't know. It'll take a few rounds for that to play out. I hope Thorne knows and I hope the players know that if everyone's fit, what their best team looks like because there was a lot of chopping and changing last season um, and then injuries meant they had to keep chopping and changing. Uh, but I think they they need a bit of run of continuity to match it with the Kiwi sides. I think with Tom and Thor up front, they're going to match it with the Aussie sides regardless. Like he's that big a factor. Um, but when it comes to the Kiwi sides, I reckon that backline needs to be firing because the forwards come closer to parity. Uh, whereas I think they'll have a big leg up against the other Aussie sides. To me, I think when everyone's fit, I think Hamish Stewart still plays at 12 and Hunter Paisami plays 13. I think that's the best option for that red team. Pataire at 15, you're picking, or Jock yeah. Campbell? I'd say Pataire at 15. Who was he pissing around with last year? Wasn't Hegarty getting a run? 
Yeah, but Hegarty was the licorice he's sauce, and he's gone now, yeah, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. 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 So uh, that that's that's the and what, that's Darren our vote. Kudo and Vinavalo on a wing, Jock yep. on the bench. Yep, and then yeah. James O'Connor at bench. Fluke on the fluke, fluke on the bench because I think he's got a lot of potential. Work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he can play multiple positions. Uh, so that'll be my team. But obviously, uh, Reds fans out there, please feel free to disagree with me. But, you but know, if uh, you're Hunter Paisami, are you blowing up because you need to be playing twelve for the Wallabies? If everyone's fit, Hunter Paisami is not going to play 12 for the Wallabies. I still reckon Karevi will play 12 for the sure, Wallabies. Sure, Karevi, but who knows? Who knows if we got Karevi? Who fucking knows? All right, really quickly, the Rebels, I'm going to be honest, I've caught the least amount of game time with them. Isn't that the Rebels, though? They go so under the radar in Australian rugby. I have nothing to add here, Richard. They, they By the way, they did help themselves because, you know, we look at results when we look at preseason games. Uh, they played their first strength team for the first half, and then they took a ball off, which which I get. But I think it would have set a greater, a better narrative if they'd have played the game and won it comfortably. But obviously, you've got to protect your players, so I, I get it. Uh, for them, they're an unknown quantity. I agree with you. They could end up winning because they got the players. They got some good players. They do have the players, but they um, just last year was a shamble with COVID for them. Though. Yeah, hard to yeah. judge them. Can't just say talking about COVID. Oh, I know. Talking about COVID, I saw uh, the Force are going to be able to potentially go home to play one of their games. They're going to fly in, fly out against the Reds down in the Blue Sea down in Perth. I think that's oh, that's fucking all time. Which is awesome. Where'd you hear that, Rich? You hear that straight, the dog of the town? Uh, I just ranked Jim, mate. You know, he's, he's he knows everything that's going on. Mate. He knows yeah. things. I tell you what, the it feels like of all the rugby fans in Australia that the Force fans are the most passionate. Yeah, I would say so. I think it was getting shafted, so that's all time. I really so like that. So just to confirm, you've gone from celebrating Force fans to be the most passionate, tribalistic, committed, etc. So if maybe a year ago, just tell them to bugger off and, you know, merge with the rebels and just I guess disappear I'm, into I'm, 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 Yeah, I've changed my mind. Things change. <laughs> which I, feel like, I feel like that about the rebels now. All right, uh, okay. Who the fuck are the rebels? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, talking about the uh, jumping around as we always do. Talking about the the, the force. You see that a, a big uh, big money injection from uh, the Montpellier chairman. I don't know how much it was for, but uh, that's that's awesome news for I, them. I think they had a big sponsorship deal too, didn't they? Yeah, Altrada, and got, Altrada, Yeah, they, and they got Twiggy throwing cash left, right, end. Are they going to become the powerhouse of Super Rugby in Australia? Whether they do or don't, I would love for them to become like the Real Madrid. The Galacticos. Like Marcus Smith comes down for two years, did. You know what I mean? Just like rock stars. I don't care about their success. I'm not a Force fan. doesn't bother me. But I would love just a, a, a ground, a team, you know, that the jersey has that status, that mm. you, you made it, they bought you. Mm. Um, rugby's probably not quite international enough, but that that's the dream for me. You oh. know, like a... An early Man City when they had all that money, or when Chelsea first got all that coin, and all and the they players still just start appear. They still do. Newcastle are now the Newcastle are now the new Man City or New Chelsea. They got a shitload of money. Yeah, that that I'd, I'd love. To, I mean, I'm sure Force fans don't want to hear that, but I, I love that shit. Yeah, I know. Adds a bit of drama. Um, oh, look, I just want to say, as a Brumbies fan, I'm excited for my boys. I think the squad looks good, and they've just released an ad on social media launching the season for the Brumbies for the men's and women's season, and it uh, got me in the fields, mate. Can I ask, um, are you concerned now about the Brumbies? Because unless it's changed, uh, the last I knew about it, the Brumbies might be playing without a sponsor this weekend. Um, yeah, I saw that on the jersey. 
Um, that's a bit of concern for me, though, because that's a major money uh, pool is to get a, ma- a sponsor on your jersey. And if you're not getting it, I suppose that, that's a concern for me that what is going on? Is the, is the draw card of the Brumbies waning? Is it just an effect of COVID? Uh, are they just trying to get the best possible deal? Because um, the rugby development down in Canberra, which is a great place to, to play rugby, that, that's a worry, isn't it? It's a huge worry. And I think um, for the Brumbies, it's kind of... Uh always been the problem. Even when they were huge, they couldn't get a crowd. Even when they're winning the comp, they can't get a crowd. Um, um, Canberra's fucking grim, mate. It's the Pyongyang of Australia. Um, there's nothing doing. It's just roundabouts and Questacon. Um, I'm, I'm not laughing at their roundabouts I'm laughing at what you just compared them to. Um, I, I actually I actually really like Canberra. It's got quite a nice vibe. Um, but, you know, I've got those communist tendencies. Um, exactly. History teacher and that. Um, there's just, it just, there doesn't seem to be the buzz. And I know the Raiders are similar in rugby league. I think it is because the population is quite transient um, in terms of popping in and out and hanging around the city. Um Military politicians, those sorts of occupations. No one's hanging around. I don't know. I don't know. I, I love them. I think their brand uh, is important to Australian rugby, but I don't know if it's got that pop culture appeal. So I understand why they're struggling. You can just see by the crowds. Mm. Like there's just never. There's no. And it's fucking cold, Richard. It's cold. It's it's England cold. That's outrageous, man. I don't think it could be England cold, mate. It's cold, man. Yeah, um, but I really like this squad this year. And, look, I love a jersey without a sponsor, so I'll buy one. Yeah, I actually prefer it. Like, genuinely, I actually prefer it. Like, I have, I was wearing a shirt the other day, wearing a Spurs shirt, and the, the letters have come off the front of the shirt. It actually looks better without the, the, the number, the thing on it. The letters have come off. That's when you know you've worn it to death, Richard. Yeah, I know. It's a problem. And, so you've had it for how long and how many titles have they won? Uh, as many in that time as the Brumbies have won, mate. Well, they won Australian Super Rugby two years ago. Yeah, yeah. we've won the uh, most games played in that time. That's a title under the play. <laughs> we played in really. Europa League. We've played in the Champions League. So, in, yeah, we've, in, we've, Brumbies played in heaps of comps, mate. Um, just, just one, mate. Just one. <laughs> look, and the other thing I'd say about the Brumbies is James Slipper signing on to Australian Rugby to 2023 into the yeah. World Cup. Um, is is huge for Australian rugby, absolutely huge. I think if you've got him and Tupo scrummaging, it is a ridiculously dynamic scrum. I think at some point in the next two or three years, Bell will tip Slipper um, and certainly probably start playing more minutes than him. Um, but that is the type of competition that you want, old bull, young bull, um, in that scrummaging position. So I think slipper staying on is huge. But I know Tupo is under some pretty intense contract talks, um, talking about being either the highest paid or the second highest paid player in Australian rugby because I know in France, props are the big dogs. Absolutely. Um, and look, if I was any any team in the world, I think if any player is probably the first bloke I'd be signing at his age if you could get him in a long-term deal. Um, Australian rugby must throw everything at him, even in terms of his marketability, the way he speaks, his charisma, his smile, not to mention his work on the field. That's probably the second-best tight head in the world right now at, at 26, 27. Like, fucking A, whatever we have 
have in that war chest, and I think it's nothing. I've done the sums. It's very little. Throw it at him, mate. Mm. Yep. Um, um, Because worry worries me when I hear that stuff. Yeah. Can I just go back to the Brumbies? I agree with what you said. Can we just go back to the Brumbies for a second? As a Brumbies fan. I can talk about the Brumbies forever. Just just as a Brumbies fan. uh, Wherever you finish this year, I feel like we've seen the Brumbies do set piece for a number of years. And I love set piece. I completely love watching it. And I think it's so important. But it's the growth of the Brumbies now. Of course now. you do, Richard. Yeah. It's the growth of the Brumbies now based on how well they can play with the ball because they've got so many attacking players, but I don't feel they're ever really efficiently released um, and don't perform at the best of their ability. And I think... All right. I'll, 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 I guess I'll bid on that. What's McKellar's role at the Wallabies? Is he defence coach, attack coach, forwards coach? What's his jam? Forwards? I think it's for, forwards coach. Yeah, right. Um, so he'll probably double down. It's his last season at the Brumbies. He's shown what he can offer in terms of set piece. Um, he has to evolve as a coach if he's ever going to become um, an international 15-a-side coach. I think he needs to evolve and show that there's more in the deck of cards than the set piece. Um, and I'm going to be blunt. I don't think they have the personnel to dominate the set piece. Um, I think they will be strong. I don't think they're, they're certainly not going to be weak when you've got James Slipper and Al Alatoa uh, in your front row um, and you've got Lonigan. But when they were when they were the set-piece kings, they had, they had Arnold. Um, no, I get that, but I feel like... I, no, but but I, what I'm saying is it won't work. If they play that game, they will get destroyed by the Reds. Mm. Um, and I think they'll only be, if the other teams are fully fit, on par with the other Aussie sides or a fraction above. Whereas I think two or three years ago when they dominated with it, their type five was 20, 30% better than the rest of Australian rugby. Mm-hmm. I think they have to evolve. And when you look at Nick White, Noel Oliseo, um, Lenny Catow, Simone, Tom Banks, Muirhead, they have to unleash the back line. Um, and if they have another season of not unleashing the back line, um, they could stuff Ikitao's chances of being the Wallaby 13. They could stuff Lolisio's chances of being the next number 10. Um, they could, you know, resign Tom Banks to the dustbin of fullbacks. Um, I, I think they there. must. I think, yeah, I think he's already there. Um, I think they must unleash the back line. I think you are spot on, Richard. Mm. They don't have Pocock anymore. They don't have Arnold anymore. They must unleash the back line. So I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, so fingers crossed that they do um, and they start to unleash right and all of those guns out the back. Jesse Mogg's another one we haven't yarned about here. Are you excited about his return? Yeah, but I feel like um, his stock has risen because of me not watching him as much. You so- always say that. I think he is, um, I don't know, I, I'm genuinely unsure. He's really reminds me of like a Peter Hewitt. And I was saying this last week that in Australia we tend to undervalue the skillful back three, um, and I think he was another skillful back three who had a amazing season, and we just didn't translate to backing him in green and gold because he wasn't a power back three. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm really, really interested. Where does he fit in that where, Yeah, I'm interested where he fits in because top of my head, it's probably Banks, right, right. Mob. mob. Are you yeah. back three? Mm-hmm. Um, but a bit rough on, on Muirhead. Mm. Um, that's why I don't know whether he's just how much is he going to play, you know. Like, 
I, I don't know. It's be interesting. It's an exciting uh, challenge to see. But again, I just haven't watched him enough to know whether he's still at the top of his game. If he was at the top of his game, would he be coming back? I, I don't know. That's the question. I would and, and look, the big one for me is Valentini. I think this is his season now. If you look at his progression, where he was in that Wallaby gold at the end of last year, he was fast becoming a genuine international back rower. Um, his Super Rugby last season was off the charts. Um, I think this is the season where he just goes to that next level and it's, oh, shit, Valentini's on the field. Yeah, it, That's what uh, I want to say anyway. Yeah, I think I said it last week or the week before. The back row for me, you've got a lot of players, but there's the back row positions other than seven are still massively up for grabs So uh, in that Wallaby team. So if he starts the season hard, okay, um, he will start to nail that down. But if he starts poorly, then people will start questioning his role within that. Agreed, team. agreed. And what I'm hoping is this is the year that he takes a step up. Look, just looking at paper, I, I hope the 6 and 8 become Harry Wilson and Valentini. I think they've got the most skill in those positions and the right frame. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested to see how they both perform this year. Um, well, should we translate this to some tipping for this yeah, weekend, Richard? Absolutely. But you know what? Am I being serious? Because I don't know whether to give my tips away. Now, this, is a cha- this is a challenge. Like, if I give my tips on here, I don't want there's some person stealing my tips for the week. Oh, look, I hear. So I think in the future we have to tip on the money line okay. rather than just who you're going for. Okay. Um, but. The odds are not out, though, yet. That's the problem. Shall I check? Are you sure? Oh, you can check. You can check. Um, Why are you doing that, by the way? Um, can I just say, such a shame. I was excited by them. Um, Moana Pacifica game, which has obviously been postponed at the moment this week. Um, obviously, shout out to them. I hope FFC everyone's all right. Uh, be interesting to see it. If someone out there is in the know, be interesting to see it's only postponed at the moment when they're actually going to find time to play that. Uh, whether they bring in a rule, because hopefully all the games get played, whether they just go into a, you know, you say it's a 2020 draw or what do you do? I'd be interested to see what actually happens because. You can't have them. Everybody playing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. It's just player welfare. So, and with international rugby, so it'll be interesting to see what happens because it is. It's not cancelled. It's just postponed at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be. Look, you have to imagine it's going to be a lot of that this season. Yeah, exactly. So there has to be some problem. Like with the Premier League, it became a bit of a farce in the end, and they had to come up with this rule. Well, and- even the NFL was like that too. Like there were some rounds um, when I certainly wasn't gambling, but it was like, I, who am I betting? I'm betting on shirt colours. Literally have no idea who the fifth string quarterback is. Can I just say, do your research, man. Fifth string, you should, you know this. There's a good better that you are, not that you advocate it. You know the fifth string quarterback. You should man. know this. Uh, Richard, the odds aren't out. So no. I think this week, you know, let's, let's be generous. Let's give our tips. But Richard, how long have I known you, mate? I reckon I could guess your tips. No, go for it. You're I reckon you conservative homie. <laughs> and there's absolutely every chance you're going to get them right, and I'll be disappointed if you don't. Okay, let's fire away. So, Taz, Fiji, and Jura. Um, do you want me to say what you're going to tip? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Richard's absolutely. tipping the Tars. Yeah, and Blake's uh, tipping the Fiji and Jura just because he hates the Tars and he wants an upset. True? No, I'm tipping the Tars. Oh! I think their, 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 their pre-season form has made what? them look good. That is outrageous. Oh, but I'm not putting my tips in yet because this flexing point thing scared me. I've clicked it, things are popping up. <laughs> I'm intimidated. Uh, uh, the ne- next game is Chiefs Highlanders. Do you want to know who you're tipping? Uh, if you could tell me, that would be awesome. You're on the Chiefs, right? 
That's absolutely, yeah. Home <laughs> field advantage, you know, quality players. Um, only played uh, some of the preseason was affected by Pacifica not being able to play the Highlanders. Yeah, I'm going for the Chiefs, yeah. Too. All right. You're, um, you're going for the Highlanders because you love Aaron Smith and you just... No, he's that. A, no it's TJ Perinara's out injured. I saw him with the knee brace on. Uh, so that's yeah. going to be that's a big loss for the Canes. Why are we talking about the Canes, uh, man? They're playing the Highlanders, man. Oh, Chiefs. I'm on the Chiefs, obviously. All oh, right, okay. I just yeah. think... I don't know. I feel like I just it's hard. I haven't followed the Kiwi preseason. Is that right? You man? feel like if a Kiwi team's gonna be shit, it's gonna be the Highlanders. Oh wow. Gosh, man. Uh, Cru- Crusaders Canes. Obviously, you're on the uh, Crusaders. Absolutely, and you are also on the Crusaders. I, I hear TJ Perinata is um, on crutches at the moment and he hurt his ankle. So exactly. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I must absolutely. admit though, if the Canes are gonna lose if the Crusaders lose, it's always early season. Hmm. They are the definition of play into the season, and they always start a bit shit. So if you're ever going to get any value tipping against the Crusaders, it's in the first month. Just don't use your flexi points, man. No, no, tip them. Uh, no. Reds, Rebels. Who am I picking, Blake? Uh, you're, you're on the Reds. No, that's correct. No, on the Reds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so far, I've agreed with you on all of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. It sticks with my COVID home ground theory too, although okay. I don't have accounts in domestic teams. Um and it. then the f- the final game, Force Brumbies. I reckon you're going to two and fro. This one was a bit hard to pick, but at the end of the day, you've gone the Brumbies. Do you know what? It's just incredibly rude, the fact that you are questioning my level of rugby nows and feeling that but you're correct. Yes, that is. Um, can't, go against the, <laughs> can't go against the home team. Hey, seriously. No, no, Force are at home for this no, one, no, but no, are no. they? No, Brumbies are at home. It's a GIO, mate. Oh, well, it's dipping. Ah, we've joined up with fucking useless. Oh, I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, I think it must have been a force home game, but because of the whole COVID thing. Okay. Maybe they're playing in Canberra. Look, we're certainly. We're certainly uh, I, can I just say, just for the record, um, that, that was that was good. I apologise for my uh, high levels of predictability. It's, I feel like I'm uh, mate, I, I'll tip for you for the whole season if you want. Um, I'd rather you not. Is that okay? <laughs> just, Do you know how to, like... Click save your tips here. Because if, like, one week I don't put my tips in, that'll be enough for me to have a tanty and never come back. I'm a child, Richard, and I'm competitive. Uh, We're fully aware of this, mate. We're fully aware of this. Our listeners are also aware of this. Um, No, I'm not able to help you out in this saving mechanism. And could I just let you know, when you're away one weekend, I'm definitely not messaging you to remind (laughs) you to put them in. Just to let you know. We'll see. All right, shall we throw over and have a quick chat about the Six Nations? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, just Jim's Jim's tip, tips. Has he messaged you with oh, him? Oh, Jim's tips. He has. He has. Uh, um, um, he has gone. He's gone the Moana Pacifica. I told him they yeah. weren't playing. He's, he's still went with it. Fucking money on him. Oh, so geez. he's on them. Um, uh, he's actually gone Fiji Drua. Oh, nice. Um, nice excitement. Nice. Yada yada yada. Some yeah. bullshit. 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 Yeah. Um, Highlanders. He said always tips Aaron Smith. Yeah. Must tip Aaron Smith. Absolutely. Um, he's on he's on the canes. He said they'll be better without TJ. Yeah, cane train. He said was yeah. that was cane, tra- yeah. cane train. Cane yeah. train. And yeah. he said rebel for life. You play for the sub district, you're a rebel for life. So he's tip oh, rebels. Nice. Yeah, Always sticks with him. Yeah. Um, and I, I know he's a Brumby, I know he's a Canberra boy, but he's actually on the draw in the force Brumbies. Did you know what that is sacrilege? You better not be it's just I would say you shouldn't ever go back to Canberra, but they don't really care, do they? You've just told me today. So. They'd, they'd take anyone, Richard. All right. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, they'd, they'd take anyone. 
quick little uh, jump over to Six Nations, as you said. Uh, congratulations, uh, France, for beating Wales. Great game. Um, obviously, uh, I think they let let their guard down a little bit because it was a great comeback from, from Ireland. Uh, good game, but um, I think uh, it shows that France still have areas for growth, but exciting to see them continuing to play to to, to win games. Really, I mean, they're now obviously massive favourites to win the Grand Slam since two thousand and ten. I think it is, uh, and obviously for the big test is now going to Murrayfield next week for them. So interested to see if they get how the games goes. They look good to win this though, yeah. don't they? With everyone else having dropped a game now, yeah. Um, they Zoe just travelled atrociously though, the French. Yeah, and again, that's why I say Murrayfield next week might know. Disappointed in Scotland, uh, didn't back up um, their game against Wales. And I think England, I don't think you can learn much when you win so comfortably against an Italian team. You know, Marcus Smith looks great. Six line breaks, I think it was. Um, looks special against a team that are not progressing at the moment. So uh, very quick synopsis round, but I think they're the main, main takeaways, really. My, my quick take is um, the Pond and Intermac are the best 9 and 10 in the world right now. Uh, and I know there's some Intermac and Dupont yeah. are the best best halves competition in the world. And I know there's always off season bias. We're watching this; it always you heighten your appeal of it. But when those two are on the park, I have so much confidence that France are just going to fucking carve like a Christmas turkey. Mm. Um, you're right. I think they went off the boil a little bit in the second half. Um, Ireland, though, I think I, before kickoff, it was France had 13 players starting that beat New Zealand. Ireland had 12. I mean, that's pretty cool. It shows you the calibre. But I think as soon as Sexton was out, the betting line changed dramatically. Um, and Ireland, they even looked like they never believed they could win it or something. Um, it always felt like it was France's to win. And I think that's the same can be said about the Six Nations. Um, they are very, very exciting. But they're not the machine that the Springboks were at the top of the game. No. And they're not the the execution machine that the All Blacks no. are yet. No, um... To go to your comparison to the, the South Africans, they play a completely different brand of rugby, so I don't think they're ever going to get to that point um, just because of the personnel. And in regards to the the Kiwi team, I think the Kiwis are probably the best. And they're, pop, they're the best sports team, full stop, just at their level of execution. So it's a very hard metric to measure, be measured against. So, well, yeah, but I think that's the conversation they're moving towards um, when you look at the last couple of seasons. Moving towards. They're not yeah, there moving yet. towards. No. Um, Ireland... Fuck, they can peak between a World Cup, can't they? I know. Um, (laughs) Which is always fun to watch. Um, I I watched Wales Scotland, actually, um, and Finn Russell had a fucking shocker. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's everyone wants to swing off his balls, no less me, um, because I think he plays almost like a league halfback right at the line. I love watching it. Um, But he just had a shocking game, and their whole everything is centred around him. Um, And I just... Wales have become my antagonist, so I fucking hate watching them do well. So I didn't quite hear that. Could you say that again for me, please? I hate hate watching them do well, so that one really hurt me. Uh, But it was cool at the end of the game. Dan Bigger said it was probably his best win ever in a Wales jersey. Backs against the wall, captaining the side. You've got to love Dan Bigger, though, as you can do. Um, So fair play to Wales. Um, and then the England look, it was fun watching Marcus Smith. Um, I love that overs ball that he throws. Uh, what, how do the Italian players, like, how does the Italian winger fall for an overs ball? No, Something you know. teach the under 12s. I don't understand. No. Um, but he's got that, you know, and it's almost a stereotype, but he's got that Danny Cipriani, that Quade Cooper, 
flat track bully vibe about him. Like if it's an easy beat, he looks like Andrew Johns in his prime. He looks like Carlos Spencer. He looks like Danny Cipriani I, ripping. I agree with that. But, but I haven't seen him when the going gets tough. And I, yeah. I let's give him a chance. And he needs to play a lot of minutes. And Quaid's proof of that, I think. Yeah, I think um, for him, what would really help him, because I agree with your point, but having a consistent inside centre and a bit of the old school, you know, flat track, let's, you know, let's give it to the 12 and get us over the gay line and to, to push well, forward. I, I can't I can't remember who said it, but there was a quote floating around the, the rugby worlds uh, and it was basically 36 professional teams in England. How have we not had one centre that could replace Tualangi? No, I know. And then the centre like, part since, of him- And he's just never fit to Alami, and he's probably past it now. Mm. Uh, but there has not been a single centre. And, and I actually rate Slade, but I think he's a 13. Correct. Um, they need, you're right, they need a battering ram in the yeah. centres that has the nuance of a Tuolangi or a Ma Nonu or a mm. Samu Karevi or a Lukan Arm who looks mm. just about the best player in the world right now. Mm. You need that, that, you need that centre who's a unit but has that nuance, um, and they're really lacking that at the moment. That's why you played 12, isn't it? I think I played 12 two games in my life. It wasn't pretty. I, <laughs> I, I modelled myself on Tom Carter. Oh, nice, nice. You Truck did well. it up slowly and get belted. <laughs> um, fuck, he gets some mentions on this podcast, doesn't he? I know, seriously. Um, but I would just say one thing about the Italian side, because we're shitting on them, and Jesus, they're awful. Uh, but there was the week before there was like a, a camera angle of France, France, Italy, and it was just how good is Intermax hands passing it. But I just saw the speed in which these guys play rugby and the fucking size of them by, like, having a non-traditional TV angle. The talent of every single player that plays professional rugby. I know we come on here and we jest and this player's shit and this team said, what is Newsom doing anyone here a team? It's funny. It's always funny, especially Newsom. But <laughs> when, when you when I saw that angle, I was like, these Italian players are fucking machines. Every single player was off the line making a hit, and then the Absolutely. French were good enough to score. Like it's just yeah. the talent of professional rugby players. There's a complete digression. Italy still stink. Newsom's still atrocious. <laughs> but <laughs> the it's just the talent and the size and the athleticism is just off the charts. Absolutely agree with everything you said, but I, it goes back to a bigger conversation, not for this moment in time, where I don't know really what Italy are getting out of playing in the Six Nations right now. Um, but that's a bigger conversation which we've had before and the idea of promotion, relegation, etc. But scoring 10 points in two weeks and not getting much ball, going backwards a lot, tackling a lot, that. We, what is this really benefiting them, benefiting them long term? And that's the real question you got to ask. But that's, ocean that's relegations, the only yeah. answer. Get I know, George I know, I know. Jim obviously has a, some a lot of thoughts on this topic. So well, he wants the Ukraine in, which I'm like, uh, fuck. Is it really the time for them to be pushing well, for a professional rugby side? There's a lot going on in that country right now. So we'll, we'll ask him next week um, and see what he thinks. Okay. Um, and the other thing, I just. Quade Cooper's NFL player. He's just trolling, isn't he, Quade, with the Super Bowl this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Just letting everyone know that any sport, I got you. Completely. I just, yeah, uh, it's just, uh, you know, the, the, how audacious it was is probably the best word, but just the fact you can pull it off. It's just awesome. It's just, just, just the decent. talent, the yeah. execution. And legitimately, if you could do that, that's a tactic. It's the crossfield kick. 
with more yeah, accuracy. Yeah, but it's not quick enough. Like it's it's not flat enough, fast enough. The kick but is. Imagine ma- if he was training it. I know the rugby ball is quite large. Yeah, and you're not allowed to. And you're not allowed to pass it forwards. That would be the biggest issue we have here. But you know, because you've got to throw it back and it takes too long. And the press. I'm saying you've got a two man overlap, and you've got a five eight that's TB Tom Brady and can just fang it out there. Yeah, I don't. Know, I love this shit. I love this innovation. You know, Carlos comes along and changes rugby. And you see Marcus Smith 20 years later. Is the do, do you know what? Of- In all honesty, there's so many bloody stoppages in Super Rugby right now. You just be like, oh, we're just going to bring on the special teams right now. Uh, we're just going to bring, bring on the backs just to, you know, run a few extra plays for us. So have okay? a run and have a crack. And then the next little drinks break, we'll, we'll, we'll change it in for another team, another special team. Last thing I want to ask you is the possibility of uncontested scrums in rugby, oh, Super yeah. Rugby. I really um, hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't happen. And I understand you've got to look after the safety of the players and, Obviously, if there's so many people that are going down with COVID and you don't have the capacity to have a, a tight head or a loose head, um, I understand the reason behind it, but just it's such a unique part of the game, um, scrummaging. And I just really hope we don't get to it. But I understand the reason behind it, but I really hope it doesn't get to that point. Like, okay. to be honest with you, you just end up, you could go down the league route, just get rid of the two props then, and then you just have another two back rowers. But, but that's my problem. You know, Tupo and Furlong go from the most expensive players in the world, James Slipper being retained, so why would you run them? Well, You'd I just pick two more Valentinis, wouldn't yeah, you? Like, absolutely. But well, this is obviously just for COVID reasons during the Super Rugby, so um, hopefully it doesn't gain any, gain any more traction. Um, fingers crossed, because the scrum is so important. It wastes a lot of time because obviously two teams are the dark arts of it, but uh, I love it at the same time. Yeah, well, I hated it for 20 years, but now we got Tupo, I don't mind it. <laughs> Unless he's playing the rugby's. I'd love to have known you in 2007, England, you know, England, Australia in that World Cup. Honestly, Richard, I've been through some things. I've got an ankle reconstruction coming up. You know, things that, you know, see, I've been, that was the lowest point of my life. <laughs> that, fuck, that was so great. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we should just finish on that note. That's, that's, that's fine. Um, well, and I should, I actually should have said this but earlier on. Um, news this week, which I think is amazing. The Fijian Jura have got a Super W team up this week, which is uh, for the competition this year, which I think is awesome. Grow the women's game even more. So uh, I think it's great that we've got an extra team in there. So um, just want to finish on that note too. No, that's Enjoy a great note to finish on. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, guys.